0: On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world
1: to share with you how they grow their businesses and how you can too. Hi, my name is Ella Green. The best marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people
0: with, with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you finally,
1: if he is a met marketer, my dad is the best. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the Direct Response Podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be interviewing Eric Genesco of M-A-C-C-E-L-Coach.com, Because of his unique solutions-based focus, Eric is in high demand as a keynote speaker and organizational development facilitator for a wide variety of organizations. He's conducted workshops for companies ranging from Wells Fargo and Loan Toolbox to independent broker associations, trade association conferences, and churches. He was also featured in the Mortgage Power Series sales Training Classes, which are available on DVD. And he's happily married to his wife, Laura, since 1997, and the very proud father of three boys, Blake, Brendan, Grayson, and one girl, Marina. I don't know how you do it with four. I've got my hands full with three. Eric, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Well, thanks for having me on the interview, Seth.
1: Our pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit. Where did you grow up?
0: I grew up in Central Missouri. Um, spent the early parts of my career in, in the late 90s, you know, developing and building a mortgage practice in a couple of different communities around the state. Um, got to a fairly high level of success uh, in in building a, a very profitable office. Uh, did 237 purchase transactions my last uh, 12 months in retail, and then had some life changes that that caused us to have a little bit of a change of direction.
1: Okay, and when you grew up in central Missouri, uh, what was your childhood like? What did your parents do?
0: Uh, it, kind of an interesting tale of two households. Uh, parents separated and divorced when I was uh, in, in elementary school, and then uh, kind of grew up with the, the old rich dad, poor dad type comparison between my dad, who's an anesthesiologist, and my mom and stepdad, who were in self-employment and, and did a lot of stuff for themselves, actually started working in sales when I was 13, uh, doing trade show uh, lead generation, um, uh, timeshare lead generation, and credit card signups at trade shows and sporting events and working weekends with my stepdad uh, you know, at 13 or so kind of how I got started in sales to begin with anyway, and realized I had a bit of an knack for it. So that kind of led into later years, uh, how a career developed and all that.
1: How did you, get, I know you talked, how, what were some of the secrets behind your success building such a highly uh, profitable more retail office?
0: Well, I think a lot of what happened in the in the early years is, is, you know, it didn't start out great. I mean I, you know, beat my head against the brick wall of, of you know, struggling to try and make ends meet for multiple months at an end when I first got into the mortgage business and 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 I guess just young enough or dumb enough or smart enough, one whatever you want to call it, to ask the question really, who knew how to do this thing and where could I get them to teach me? So, you know, started to really get hungry for knowledge of how to not end up having to reinvent the wheel with limited success and started getting some good training uh it was kind of funny we were actually at a point where i was married by then and my wife basically said if if i didn't figure out how to get two more deals in the door by the end of the month she was going to make me quit and go get a real job (laughs) because it had been 60 days uh without any new deals coming online and and we were getting to a, a point of desperation well fortunately um you know stroke of god or whatever um Someone introduced me to a training course that was taking place, a a workshop that was being conducted uh, uh, out in Southern California. Um, To this day, I I don't remember exactly how I came up with the money to go, but I went, and uh, what I learned in that initial week training uh, became sort of the foundation for everything I did later. Um, you know, I implemented some things, went back, got some more training. Uh, eventually, brought on a personal coach, uh, which helped take it to another level. Went back and and just developed a, a realization and a thirst for knowledge that fueled the exponential growth that I was able to create for those first several years building that office. Um, it also is something that kind of developed a passion in me for training and coaching and teaching as well, um, especially when you also consider that uh, in 1998, uh, late December 31st, 1998, um, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. I literally uh, stepped out of bed New Year's uh, Eve and and collapsed to the floor. My wife dragged me to the hospital, and a couple hours later, I'm sitting on the bed of an MRI table uh, having a little bit of a moment of self-discovery. And, and for me, that was kind of a conversation with God about You know, he's kept me alive through two major car wrecks, a plane crash, and now this silly MS thing, I think I'm finally ready to listen to what it is that he had intended for my life. And uh, that led me down a path of personal discovery to realize that I had a real passion for making a difference in the lives of the people uh, and helping them see what they couldn't see or didn't want to pay attention to that would change their life dramatically. and and showing them what they don't know that is holding them back and limiting their growth uh, became a real passion of mine, uh, which is what led to some of my later career developments.
1: That is an absolutely incredible journey, and I'm sure the longer version, if it hasn't, already should fill a book. What do you wish you knew when you started that you know now?
0: You know, the... I'm never too old to learn a new trick, I guess, is the short answer to that. Um, you know, I, I think one of my favorite quotes of all time is John Wooden: uh, when you think you know everything, that's when you stop growing. Uh, you know, and and it's that whole concept of um, I don't know what I don't know, and I need to be hungry enough or passionate enough to, to constantly investigate it. I wish somebody had showed me that. In my early careers, when I was young and headstrong and thought I knew everything, and and that I could Google it all, right? <laughs> you know, a typical millennial mindset here. Um, but what I don't know, uh, I don't know, is is what I need to be seeking and, and 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 driving for.
1: Absolutely. What are you finding are some of the most common mistakes that the folks who are coming to you are making before you get to fix them?
0: Well, I think the simple answer to that is, I guess it does kind of go back to that last comment about you don't know what you don't know until you're hungry enough. Uh, I mean, until somebody either one cares enough to, to slap you upside the head with it, or life does that for you. Um, but I think the biggest part of it, especially in today's culture, um, the, the just we get so busy being busy That that the first thing we throw off is the time to step back and look at is there a better, smarter, easier, or faster way to accomplish what it is that we're wanting to accomplish, right? Because we all have this innate sense of, of bigger, better that we want to do. But many of us, you know, in fact, many of the clients that I work with, even they already know what they should be doing, but why are they not doing it? And that sort of uh, I don't know willingness to 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 step back and take a look at what are the strategies that I need to change about what I'm doing today if I want different better results tomorrow um that's where that that whole stepping back and looking at from a you know a power growth model what is the things that I'd like to change in my life and how do I accomplish them? What are the obstacles that I have to overcome to achieve those goals? What are the solutions to those specific obstacles? And then mapping out a step-by-step policy plan. Um, you know, it, it's, I guess it's some of what we've developed through our course materials and, and the, you know, the, the 15 years plus that, that we spent working with thousands of the top mortgage and real estate professionals in, in, those industries that nothing really is impossible it is simply a matter of strategy resources and the appropriate application of both but that also means that we've got to change our behavior patterns and what we do on a daily basis if we want to achieve better and bigger results and the the biggest mistake i see a lot of clients make is They get stuck in the routine and the day-to-day minutiae of things that are of low or no payoff and don't spend enough time thinking about how to refine and accomplish bigger results with less effort.
1: I think that makes a lot of sense. What do you attribute your tremendous success to?
0: Um, The grace of God in spite of myself, I guess. Uh, Now, just a a passion for being uh, an asset and resource. Um, You know, anytime I can find a way to shift the relationship or the nature of the program or opportunity uh, from being on the taking side of the relationship to being on the giving side of the relationship first, I find is where the greatest value and ability to achieve results come from. Um, You know, there's an unlimited pool of opportunity out there. and, And, you know, to those listening to this call, whatever it is you do, what need do you solve? Because if you can find a need, you can find a lead, and then, in, in honesty, an unlimited pool of opportunity exists when you start to think about the scalability of the volume of need that's out there. It, you know, it makes it a lot easier to make the prospecting and sales approach calls. Your marketing message and clarity gets much simpler and easier when you focus on. What are the benefits you provide to an individual, a family, or a business, whoever your target customer or audience may be? Um, And and when you've made that shift from how can I help them uh, achieve what they want first and foremost, then the rest of the stuff kind of falls in place fairly easily.
1: Absolutely. I know you've achieved incredible results for clients over a long term period of time. What are what's uh tell us about an interesting case study of a client who came to you where they were and what you are able how you are able to help them grow. Ooh, that's
0: a that's a tough one to let me think about that for just a second. Um you know, I, I guess one of the great blessings that I've had over the, the many years I've been doing this is just the, the, the dozens of, if not hundreds of individuals and, and business owners and professionals that I've had the privilege and honor of working with. Um, I think probably one of, I'm trying to think. Wow. Um, who specific is, is do I want to use as a case study example? I guess one of my favorite stories um, that that I, I love to share with groups when I speak at conferences or when I you know when I when I do small group workshops for teams of, of mortgage and real estate professionals is um, this actually comes back from my own personal uh, business development and origination career um, that I had the opportunity to work with a. a, a a couple of, of gals that I had a great fondness for and what we were able to accomplish together was pretty dramatic. Um long story short, I was working with a realtor by the name of Kay and, and an insurance agent by the name of Diane and we were working on a sort of project team. I was originating loans at the time, a mortgage professional and advisor. And the three of us were having a conversation one day about where we could create opportunities for customers in that community. Both Kay and Diane were fairly new to the community as well. Uh, They had just moved into the area from out of town. We were working in the area right outside the uh, base, military base Fort Leonard Wood here in central Missouri. Uh, And and what we began to realize is that there was an opportunity and, and a huge need for families to be able to take advantage of uh, the ability to buy homes in that market. Rental property was was going for an exorbitant rate. Um, the, the properties were inferior because the base was growing very rapidly, uh, but yet you could take the same amount of money you'd spend on rent or even a couple hundred dollars a month less and actually buy a fairly nice new home in that community at that time. And the the problem was is that the the typical population active duty military service members in that community were kind of unaware of what opportunity existed and and how significant it could be from a uh financial impact to those families and so we initially launched a kind of an educational community service initiative style campaign to help educate these active duty military families Uh, And and working in conjunction with Kay, the realtor, and Diane, the insurance agent, Diane actually had a pool of customers uh, that she had acquired from the previous agent who had moved out of the area uh, a couple months earlier. But there was a whole pool of opportunity there with a lot of people that that were in her database already, customers that were already paying, uh, you know, that were auto-only policyholders within her database Uh, that had no clue how much buying power they really had in that market and and how powerful that could be as an economic catalyst for them as a family. I mean, and and the typical mentality of active duty military was, "I, I don't think I can buy anything. It doesn't make sense. I'm only going to be here a couple of years. Well, what they didn't realize is, you know, with the fact that they're and turnover in those communities it's a great place to own investment property if you're going to you're going to buy investment property you want to buy it in an area where there's a high degree of percentage of rentals right there's high demand for rental properties college communities military bases any place where there's a there's a lot of turnover every couple of years right and with the fact that these active-duty military families could buy homes for 100% down, they could get great rates and probably spend less money a month for a nicer property than what they'd find renting, and then when they moved, they could keep it as income-earning property. Uh, you know, Over the course of about an 18-month project uh, between myself, Kay, and Diane, we ended up helping 45, 50 families uh, make the transition from renting to owning. And many of those families were able to retain those properties after they left with a seven hundred dollar six, seven hundred dollar a month positive cash flow that allowed them to do a lot of other dramatic things financially. And and what kind of economic impact that had for those families, uh, I can only say. I, I, I only begin to calculate, you know, how many hundreds of thousands of dollars of value was created for those 50 families in in the course of that 12- to 18-month project. Uh, So I guess uh, the the reason I share that particular story is because when you start to ask the question, what impact can I create, Um, it's pretty dramatic what you can come up with um, with just a little bit of effort and consistent persistence. Does that make sense?
1: That makes a lot of sense. That is a great example. With all that is constantly changing and all the industry that you're touching and everything you must get bombarded with every day, how do you stay on top of it all?
0: Um, Good help and support team. Um, Obviously, duplicating yourself is one of the biggest challenges of the entrepreneur. Uh, and how to get yourself out of the, the day-to-day grind of of being the one or the expert or the professional who's doing all the, the day-to-day, uh, you know, frontline work. Uh, so being able to leverage technology, being able to leverage resources that can take what you do and the experience you have a reputation of creating uh, and then duplicating it. And that's one of the biggest things to, to let go of, especially with, The people I work with, mortgage and real estate professionals, um, you know, one of the biggest hang-ups that they get caught in the trap of is, is, you know, my customers buy me mentality. That's not really true. They don't buy you specifically. They buy the reputation that you have uh, uh, – excuse me, they buy the experience that you have a reputation of creating. So, if you systemize and duplicate the experience, then you eliminate the scalability problem and and that's kind of what I've been working on the last several years you know especially with the economic downturn of o eight and 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 two thousand eight and nine Uh, had a lot of time to go back and research what were the key uh, skill sets, behavior uh, modifications that were made, the the marketing and sales strategies that we applied that had the greatest impact on our mortgage and real estate clients that increased their performance and profitability most dramatically, and then we packaged that into a scalable curriculum. Uh, You know, we are are also producing and have just recently launched – the comprehensive uh, e-learning gamified platform version of that curriculum uh, that we're now working with enterprise-level organizations to launch within their frontline production teams, um, and, and providing a lot of interactive accountability for their management structures, sales and uh, sales and area manager level uh, production uh, teams, and, and how to create that sort of massive scalability of getting those those best practices in place in the day-to-day frontline operations teams. Um, that's a fairly high-level answer to your question, Seth, but um, that type of modeling and thinking is the same kind of modeling and thinking that we try to get the entry-level producers to realize they can do for themselves with a little bit of help and support. And and that's really where the key to longevity and, and long-term growth and passive residual income comes from in the development of the individual entrepreneur.
1: Absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense. So I know you are a voracious learner. What are three of the best books you've ever read that have had the most impact on your work?
0: Uh, That's an actually very easy question. Uh, My three favorites are uh, Michael Gerber, The E-Myth, and The Myth Revisited. Uh, my, my second favorite uh, is Good to Great by Jim Collins, uh, and the third uh, is is really the you know the salesman's bible I call it in some respect, which is is uh, Dale Carnegie How to Win Friends and Influence People, which is really in all honesty probably the worst title for the best book in the world because it's really not about. Uh, manipulation or or, uh, misrepresentation, it really is about creating massive value and the best methodology and structure for how to do that um, on on multiple scales, both at the consumer level as well as at the business-to-business level, and how to create uh, a lot of collaboration and partnership um, that that creates extensive value, way more value than what would be created in a more transactional-based
1: relationship. Great recommendations, great books. Who is an ideal client for you?
0: Uh, you know, I think my favorite personal ones to work with are the, you know, the the producer, the you know, particularly mortgage or real estate producer who's who's sort of hit their head against the ceiling of the four, or five, or six deals a month that becomes such a, a significant barrier for them to break through. Of course, I do plenty of consulting and, and coaching work with you know high level executives, and those are fun, but. Uh, Uh, There's just something I really love about working with the, you know, the frontline, you know, bootstrapping entry-level producer with an entrepreneurial mind who's really trying to take things to a dramatic level uh, but is really kind of stuck in the day-to-day. 80% of what they do on a daily basis is just transactional, uh, you know, producer-level stuff. And and it's really fun to see that mental shift when they get it and they start working and thinking at the executive level, um, which is, is kind of fun. I just really enjoy that part of it. So I hope that's a, an appropriate answer to your question. But, uh, that's it is, it is. What
1: is the best way for our folks who are resonating with what you're saying and want to learn more and consume things all, Eric, where should where should they go?
0: Uh, probably the best place to check out is our new website we're just launching, uh, or we just launched, MaximumCoach.com. Uh, www.maximumcoach.com. There's a, by the way, there's a, a, a free membership uh, opportunity you can take advantage of through the site that uh, will get you plugged in to all of the upcoming webinars and, and e-learning courses that we're going to be launching, our webshop events, and our free webinar series called Maximum Performance Webinar, um, which is mortgage and real estate specific. Um, so that's the best place to go: maximumcoach.com.
1: All right, this has been Seth Green of the Direct Response Podcast. Eric from Maximumco.com. Eric, Genesco, we thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome, Seth. Thank you for your time. This podcast is a
0: part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.